Hey, listeners, it's Sarah. We're delighted to bring you this episode on purity culture, which probably merits a PG rating. So just be aware of that, especially if you have younger people nearby. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. Diddy bread. What? Sperry's having a secret sale. Don't tell anybody. I'm going to tell everybody. No, you're ruining it. Oh, okay. What you're supposed to do is text secret sale to 21208 for info on the private sale. Head on over to Sperry.com for more info and boat shoes and shiznit. Is this for real? Like, is that a real text that people can send? I look at their website before I write this. Okay, ads. all right. So This is really happening. He's not kidding, you guys. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. No, it's real. Look at Sperry.com. That's okay, from. they will. Yourself, the podcast where anyone can attempt to explain anything. I'm Sarah, sometimes known as Diddy Bread. And I'm Michael, the five foot assassin. Mm-hmm. And today we have one of our favorite returning guests, Ethan Perkins. Ethan is a jack of many trades, a video editor, a funny dude, a storyteller, a frequent procreator. And today we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're leaning on his expertise as a church uh, planter. But Diddy Bread, I got some bone to pick with you, young lady. What? What? Last what is week, this? I wasn't here. Yeah, I know. And we had the homie Heidi Three Band substitute for me. Uh-huh. And there were two things that went really afoul when I wasn't here. <laughs> what are you talking about? It was an amazing episode. It was a great episode, except for the two things that happened. Uh-huh. Number one is you called Jinx. On, on, Heidi. W- on what? I don't know. You and Heidi said the same thing. And then you called Jinx. What did we say? I, I can't remember. But who you, call- you just have beef with calling Jinx? Oh, were we in fifth grade? <laughs> No, we're did you buy her soda afterwards. I did, this? I did. No, what? She all right, you what's your <laughs> what's your Gosh. other beef? Because that one's lame. That's lame. Mm-hmm. H- Heidi challenged me to a fist fight. She did. And I was, she wants to roll with you. I wouldn't do that. And I was on my way over here. I was Heidi like, will kill you. No, here's what I thought. Yeah. Oh, oh she wants some of this. Like, <laughs> no, 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 I'll, no. Ethan and I are both in the I camp think, of I Heidi think, will kick your. I think the truth is, the fight starts. She does like a roundhouse kick and it's over. And you're yeah, done. That's what I got to by the time I parked. Was, What's wrong with you, idiot? Heidi, Heidi the, the, the listeners can't tell that. But Heidi is at least six inches taller than I am. Uh-huh. And is in good shape. And what's going to happen is I'm like, all right, we could fight three bands. And then she's going to punch me in my face. Yeah. That's how it's going to go down. And it's going to be horrible. Like, she's going to stay And there's probably going to be some sort of superpower that comes from, like, rock and roll. I don't know how. I don't understand why she wants to fist fight you, though. You're, you're a gentle giant. So, obviously, oh. I didn't do anything to antagonize Heidi. And then I was listening to the episode, and she goes, like, I'll kick Blum's ass. And I was like, uh-oh, what's happening here? She didn't it exactly say that. It was an unwarranted that. attack yes. on you. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. And then I thought I was going to come yeah. over here and throw down the gauntlet. And then I realized she was going to kung fu kick me in the face. So I thought like... Were you a little be- scared when you got here that she was here and there was going to be a fight? Just a little? No, I was going to... Like con- hiding in the bushes <laughs> No, outside. I was going to concede. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart. That's the best move. When I got out of the car, I was like, I, I can't do this. She's going to kick me in the face. And it's uh-huh. going to be horrible. Uh-huh. So then that was that. 
what how you really need to challenge Heidi is like to a rap battle because ping- she'll Ooh, lose. I, I was thinking a game of ping pong. Ping pong, maybe. Yeah, some, I don't some, know. It, something tells me she's amazing at ping pong. She does have longer arms. It makes it easier for her I'm to telling return you. the ball. I'm telling you. All right, Heidi, stay tuned. The challenge is coming. <laughs> I'll ref. The gauntlet. Whatever it is, there I'll be you the go. You be the ping pong yeah, ref? I'll, Oh, no. I, I've done that before. It's a bad thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right you're out. <laughs> I'm not allowed in the state of South Carolina to ref ping pong matches oh, anymore. Okay. It's well, despite Michael's beef, we do have other things <laughs> no, to talk about. No, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I despite Heidi's beef. I wasn't even here. Well, you're, bo- you're picking bones. So I am picking bones. So we're going to move past your bones. Fair enough. To pick. And we're going we're gonna to talk to Ethan. And we have Twitter to thank for Ethan's visit today. Um, Twitter, of course, exploded after the um, the mass shootings in Colorado and Atlanta. And the one in Atlanta, of course, sparked a lot of conversation just about purity culture and misogyny in evangelical circles because of, of who this sh- shooter is and the reasons he gave for his actions. So, Ethan, we kind of like flagged you on, uh, <laughs> we, we tracked you down on Twitter and kind of cornered you into coming on the podcast. You posted kind of a thread. It was an attempt at a thread. Oh, yeah. And, oh, gosh. and you messed that up, but that's okay. I've already been talked to about several people who yes. talked to me. You have to hey, learn not, how to do it. Listen, I'm not going to give you B for that. I figured it out. I found all the pieces of your, of your um, attempted thread. It was like a thread. puzzle, though, right? It was. It was fun. Yeah. I figured it out. Anyway, can you just kind of... <laughs> Can you just kind of summarize what you were trying to get across in that just, thread? I just misogyny's fun. Like that was my thread. Title. Sure. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So first of all, I do want to say I'm not anywhere close to like the authority of all, all this. And um, who is though? It, you know, well, yeah, many other people should you. be here other than me <laughs> no. to talk about this kind of stuff. No, but you my have experience, experience. Yeah. What What happened was. That shooting occurred in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I'm—I don't want to talk about that. I don't have much nah. to say about that, but there was so much in it that resonated with me to go, "Oh, I know where this guy's kind of coming from." Mm-hmm. Not in the least bit. Not to for shooting. No, 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 no. But to go, "Oh, I know where he connected those dots." Yes. And so, uh, for better or worse, I woke up and immediately started tweeting, mm-hmm. which just like our former president is always a good decision to do. As soon as you wake up, yeah, get on the toilet That's exactly and start right. tweeting. So <laughs> right. I was I was still in my bed mm-hmm. um, and like, it, you know, the tweet storm it was like 12 oh, non-threaded yeah. right tweets. Um, but it just something hit me of this story of it just reminding me of college days. And I, mm. I went as, uh, I was living in Augusta, Georgia, and I was part of a group called Campus Outreach. And I mm-hmm. do want to say um campus outreach is a great ministry it's a parachurch ministry so it's not a church but it's it's meant for college students to get to know better their relationship with jesus Mm -hmm. and so uh a lot of good is done in that group sure um i think there's still a group i think i mean i'm pretty sure they are but like i i don't want to uh, put them down totally, mm-hmm. but my experience there was not great. Um, okay, in a few levels. Um, I will also give a shout out to say um, the leader of that ministry at the time was a guy named Sam Perry. Sam Perry is now a professor at the University of Oklahoma. Oh, so you like know him personally? And he is, yeah, he writes books about Christian nationalism. Dude, he's like a celebrity to me. He is, I love him. Awesome, and he deserves every bit of the celebrity that he gets. He was my leader at. And like after I wrote these tweets, I had to go to him and be like, hey, I want you to know none of this is for you. No. You were the light and the darkness in that place of yeah. pointing me to something better. But um, Listeners, by the way, if you're curious, he's Samuel Perry on Twitter, and he's great. He's got a weird handle. It's something saint of, it's something funny. 
Um, he's a very I'll funny link dude. In fact, in our my job now info. making silly videos yeah. started in college with this ministry. Really? And Sam and I would sit and we'd make hilarious videos that are not able to be seen anymore, which might be a good thing. Some of them were <laughs> insane. Okay. But uh, what the, the whole thing was a reminder of was this ministry that really like made women a lesser group and made men the the point of women at that time to this group was they're there to distract you to trip you up to make you you know this statement to make you stumble with their you know low cut shirts and their short shorts they're just trying to do that to you wait and (laughs) so wait no no no, because i i know the messaging like that all sounds familiar to me but was was that being stated explicitly because i can i can shed light in a minute on what the messaging was to the women because i heard all of that but really for guys you guys heard that women are distractions was that really it it wasn't a it was so they would meet on tuesdays it's weird that i have memories of this there'd be about 200 kids that would actually show up Mm -hmm. to this and so in those meetings this was never talked about like it wasn't a public thing right there's no public shaming but because that was there were mixed smaller gender groups. groups. Yeah, okay, there were smaller groups. Smaller groups. And a good amount of time it was guys with guys, girls with girls. Okay. Um, because you couldn't be in the same room, I guess, and talk about Jesus. <laughs> that, that wasn't possible. Jesus never did that, I guess. Well, it was too um, tempting. Yeah. You know, you might be thinking about sex the whole time. But that, that in even though you joke like that, that was the thought. Right. And that was the message. Right. Um, and the, the heavier stuff was... Kind of, uh, you know, when your parents aren't mad, they're disappointed. Yeah. And if you found interest <laughs> in a girl, like, yes. you know, every college person does, they, of they course. find interest in someone. Yes. The the basic message was, well, if you start dating her and yeah. you don't marry her, oh, God. you're only taking her away from her husband oh, one God. day. And you're only hurting her relationship with God at this point. Mm. And this is what I never understood. At this point in her life... She needs to focus. This is the best time for her to focus on her relationship with God, not on boys. Oh and I'm God. like, but every show and everything I've ever seen is like, this is when you meet your wife, when college. you're in college. Absolutely. And so I, it was just such a mixed message. And I will say this. I grew up in a conservative church. Yeah. My dad same. was a Southern Baptist pastor for 40 years. I love my parents. And my mom and dad did not subscribe to this. And oh, they didn't? warned me many times that that's not a healthy thing. That's really? Um, which, you know, my, my parents, there were some moments and they were two conservatives. And sure. And my dad was a hippie. Was like, he? In a straight up hippie rock band My parents in the 60s. were not. <laughs> he, he, my dad's favorite memory in college is waking up on top of a van. He says he wasn't high. And I kind of believe him, Dad. but also Mr. He Perkins. He woke up on top of a Volkswagen van to Jimi Hendrix playing the national anthem to uh, wake everyone up. Yeah. So your dad was high. My dad had moments where, you know, we couldn't watch The Simpsons, mm. but you could listen Me to either. Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin all day. Okay. So we had these weird mixes. And that, I remember my mom having conversations with mm. me to say, if you like someone yeah. and you're interested, you should talk to that girl and get to know her. Now, let me ask you this. How would they have felt if you'd been like, no, we like straight up went all the way. Me oh, no, husband. that would no. have been. Okay. And like, I get, I get, I get that parental. I have mm-hmm. four kids. I have two daughters. My daughters are 10 and eight. And yeah, you should never be touching anybody like until you're married. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm totally on board with that, even though really <laughs> I get the it. episode there. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's Stop all we have to say. That's all we have to say on this to yeah. on this topic. All um, right. Good. No, I get the the parental yes. feeling of 
you want to protect that. And sure. my daughter is 10 and she's getting older and mm-hmm. it crushes me every day. I said once to somebody, when you have kids or when you have a daughter, uh, it's like uh, just the longest breakup you'll ever go through. And oh. I mean that in the most non-gross way. Yeah. But it's just like all they're doing is getting ready to leave you. Yeah. Like 18 years and they're out and it just crushes your soul daily, but also all the fun and joy and everything. So let me get back to these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. One mix of this group, um, and I will say I do love these guys still to this day. Sure. Dearly. Yeah. Um, but one fun wrinkle in this group was you had... 20, 21 year old guys who came into that ministry not knowing anything about Jesus, learning about Jesus, getting saved, if yeah. you will, then spending six months with that group. Yeah. And then they're called leaders. Ooh, and you're like, ooh, I don't, I, no. and I grew up in the church like literally every Sunday. Right. Um, grew up knowing the ministries, knowing the Bible well. Yeah. And when I first came, they were like, well, no, you're not a leader. You, you're you're new here. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I know way more. Yeah. Not to toot my own horn, but I was no. like, I don't think they know what they're talking about. But those guys were leading groups and ministries and telling yeah. guys, the women here, uh, don't be distracted by them. Keep, keep talking about Jesus. Keep focusing on Jesus. They're going to distract you. Don't talk to them. Don't date them. Now, we could talk to them, and there was interactions. Don't date them? Dating, that was one of the dating, directives? Dating was not... It was frowned upon. Oh, yeah, heavily. (laughs) Like, it wasn't not allowed. Yeah. But, like, legit, if some guy was like, hey, me and and Stephanie are dating. Now it was like Spanish Inquisition. The the reaction was like, oh, no. Oh, man. Okay, well, we're going to be praying for you. Like like, another one bites the dust kind of thing. (laughs) Um, And and there were so many... There was so much in that that led to this started to get into me very quickly. Ugh. A year of this that you start to buy it. Yeah. And you go, oh, like, God, oh, what's wrong with these girls? Why yeah. do they dress like that? Why do they talk to me like that? <laughs> and these poor girls are like, I just want to say, hey, like, that's all I did. We're all going um, through temptress training. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's what the other group was doing. <laughs> The men were talking about like the women are temptress. We learn wiles <laughs> together. Hey, yeah. Let's go to Jezebel practice while the boys are over there. Whore of Babylon, day one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had the prayer of Jabez. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but no, like there was such a heavy push to stay away. And that was kind of it. And then it became almost like you could you didn't have the maturity to handle like a relationship with a girl and a relationship with God at the same time. Yeah, like and, you're just not giving these yeah. guys credit at and, all. And okay. it was like now is the worst time to be with any other girl. And I was like, but Okay. This is the time. Right. I'm ready. Like right. trust me, I would like to talk to other girls. Sure. Not that any girls were like begging to talk to me at that point. Hey, don't sell like, yourself short. <laughs> but like it, You're a kid. That's right. No, I will I I will fully tell you this. My wife can attest. We've been married thirteen years. Things started to improve around eight years ago. I finally <laughs> became an adult. Like wearing deodorant regularly. Hey, nicely cutting, done, sir. Cutting my hair the nicely right way. Nicely done. Um, your hair is beautiful. It I, is. I, I, yeah. What? Actually, <laughs> I don't know what your hair looks like because you're always wearing a hat. Hey, yeah. there it is. It's, it's time it's for great. a haircut. Yeah. For me, so I know that. But no, like <laughs> a little rough um, currently, but normally beautiful. But no, like I, I wanted to meet girls. Of course, I, I wanted to get to know girls. And like, there were girls in our group that were pretty. But it didn't mean that I was like, oh, if only I can have a I chance know. to do stuff with her. <laughs> it was simply like, yeah, that's that's she's pretty. That's fine. She's also hilarious. And yeah. that's why we've hung out. Um, yeah. And this I wrote this on Twitter. It like the peak 
of this moment. And I wish in this moment, this is when I learned my lesson, I started to distance myself from this group. And I'll tell you why in a minute, why I didn't. Mm -hmm. But a girl was pretty new to the group. We were hanging out at this house. um, And we're having fun time. We're in college. um, But because it's a ministry, there's no alcohol. Right. No, nothing like that's going on. It's just a good time. Um, I happened at that time to have a car in my life. Mm-hmm. And she says, I need a ride. Mm-hmm. And I was getting ready to leave anyway. And I said, well, I'll give you a ride. Mm-hmm. So she gets in the car. We leave. Um, and this is when like the Nokia phone right. is big. So the I brick phone. Yes. So, um, yes. I, I didn't have it on my person per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to take her to her. Uh, she's sharing her, like an apartment. So we get there and she has already started talking to me about her family. And like, there's a rough issues in her family life, and it's very sad. And she's gone through some heavy stuff. And so I'm, I'm listening. And in the moment, I remember thinking, "Wow, God has really placed me here to care for her in a way that I can, and listen to her tell this story that's sad and tough and difficult." And you know, it didn't end with like, "And then we made out." Like that didn't happen. <laughs> but it also didn't end with, "And then I prayed for her, and she felt better." It just ended. Yes. Yeah. And ten minutes, she gets out of the car, and I remember again, like, "Oh man, that, there's some stuff going on." I'm glad I could talk to her. Yeah. And then I pull my phone out, and I have 35 missed calls. Oh my gosh. And text messages weren't a thing, no. but I remember listening to one of the nine voicemails. <laughs> voicemails. And it was just this one guy who was a quote unquote leader of the group going, don't touch her, man. Don't do anything with her. Just stay away from her. You know, you're giving her a ride home, but just stay away. And it was such a fear of you're going to stumble and fall and this is all going to go wrong because you've made a mistake. And in my head, I was like, dude, I was giving her a ride home because I was trying to be nice, Um, you know, just trying to help somebody out. And looking back, I can look on the how unhealthy that was. Yes. And to know that if I didn't have Sam, if I if Sam's not there yeah. in my life, going, don't listen to that BS. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't that. It, yes, that's what I I work with these guys, but that's not really what the Bible teaches. If yeah. I didn't have that, and if I didn't have a strong uh, family presence, like my mom, even going, maybe some of that's not good. I could see because I I'm uh, you could slip into I, it. I love the team. Yeah, I'm a team player. I love yes. being a part of a team. I, I get wear that. the shirt. I'm like literally right now. I'm wearing a hat that has my company's logo on I it. I see. And I'm wearing a shirt that says Greenville. Yes, I'm a team player. I You're love in, teams. Man. Yeah. So I could have seen how easy it would have been to buy into the these are just distractions. These are just things that are there to yes. keep you away from the good stuff. And then letting that lead down to they're not people. They're not they're not mm-hmm. qualified. They're mm-hmm. not worth they don't have a voice to share here. Mm. Um and that that unfortunately, that mentality is present in that ministry and it it's very present around the world, but it, it also is heavily in the church. Yeah. This mentality of, you know, we're here to to preach the gospel of Jesus, we being only the men. Yeah. And the women are just here to sit. Right. And watch the kids and, while until we're, we're get ready to get married, and then you can birth our babies for us, yeah. and then raise them, and then cook our meals, and that kind of thing. And so, so I, what I, are you doing on your side of Jezebel training? <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of ankles hanging out all over. Right. The place. <laughs> we we learned how to show leg on the uh, on the highway as we hitchhike. Right. right. This is how we get rides. Mm-hmm. That's probably what that girl did to get the ride with you. It is. Yes. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Um. 
No, there was no Jezebel training. There was there was the same kind of purity culture stuff being pumped into the the girl side of things, and it was more like yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the responsibility for keeping everybody pure was put on girls. Right. Was put on the women. Yeah. Right. These poor fellas, they can't help themselves. You are the ones who have the control over the situation, so you must decide to keep yourselves modest, or else the inevitable result is going to be the guys are just going to, I don't know, fall into temptation and sin over lusting for you. And this doesn't even mean like they're going to come after you and do anything to you. This is just the thoughts that you're going to put in their head kind of thing. And I guess I want to kind of talk about how, and I don't know the answer to this, but I want to talk about how it is that sexual sin a, how do we even define that? But B, how how did it come to pass that what the, the evangelical church perceives as sexual sin, how did that become such a biggie? Why is that such an emphasis? It's almost as if there's no higher or or I guess more more devious sin than sexual sin. And this kind of plays into the church's attitude about homosexuality as well as, you know, premarital sex. But these sins are are kind of put in this other category where there's just nothing worse you can do than these things. And it messes people up. I don't know how many people, and I'm probably, I could probably put myself in this category. I don't know how many people you know and I know put together where the messages we received about sex growing up from the church were such that like psychologically us going into relationships and then going into like sexual relationships we're just messed up you know what i mean like you have to work through this stuff there are people who have grown up in the church that to this day can't have healthy sexual relationships because mm-hmm. of the stigmas that were put on right. sex from the church. So I just, I'm curious about the history and I haven't done enough research on this. I'm curious about the history and how the church became this like arbiter of everything pure and how that was that was most of the messaging to young people. We didn't really hear a lot of messages as, as teenagers other than keep yourselves pure, right? Yeah, I, I never heard a message uh, on a Wednesday youth group night about gluttony. <laughs> right, exactly. I could have used that. Or, I could have that would have helped me out in life. Or like me, pride, right? Yeah, or sure. right. You're absolutely right. I am not the expert on this. In fact, I will say that I've said it, and I'll continue to say it because I want to be clear about that. But all I have is my experiences, mm-hmm. and what what I saw. The reason this was such a heavy issue in the church mm-hmm. and growing up, one was just the timing of. 14 to 22 your hormones are going crazy and these people are aware of it so let's talk about this in like the worst way possible Mm. um the the (laughs) thing that i always would kind of get was this you know if i go out and i decide you know what i want a zero candy bar yeah you don't know what zeros are you should pick one up i like zeros they're They're all gas stations Mm -hmm. in the south so was that white chocolate covered something i think it's nougat it is some nougat in there. It's got to be nougat. So if I go to a gas station yeah. and say, you know what? I'm not paying for this. I'm just taking it. I'm <laughs> yeah. getting my zero and I'm heading out and I'm not right. paying 89 cents. Right. Um, that's my sin. Sure. And I carry that with me. Sure. But if I meet a girl mm-hmm. and am attracted to her, mm-hmm. then make my move and I'm 
trying to keep PG going here as much as I can. <laughs> and I decide to engage with her in things that I have been told are the worst things you could do with another human. Yeah. Then I am letting my sin affect me and my sin affect another person. And I have not only sinned, but I've also put sin in this person's life. And we together, we've doubled the sin okay. somehow. And so that was always a message that I got to go. Okay. Oh, that I like, still think that's a symptom, though. I still sure. think I still think that was part of the mes- messaging that comes from some other sinister origin and i wonder if some of it just has to do with how uncomfortable adults were with talking about sex it's almost as if like well this is a really uncomfortable topic so not only are we not going to talk about it but let's make it so that these kids won't even want to go near it with a 20-foot pole you know well i think also especially for for our age like the timing of it was like how do you stop premarital or how do you stop like stds and and oh that uh, yeah 80s uh, having for babies sure. before yes. you plan to how do you absolutely. stop absolutely you just stop having sex right abstinence and, uh, right <laughs> i have i have dear friends that i love and care for dearly um one is uh he just had his second kid and then he went and got a vasectomy and he was like you know i'm done having kids and i'm like that's fine but you need to be aware you still have kids like you could st- yeah, <laughs> you still yeah still have a baby happens, yeah. and he was like uh, I don't know, man. I, 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 I'm just trusting that this is going to work. And I was like, the only I way know to not have a baby, baby is to stop having sex, and you're not going to do that. Uh-huh. Like, and so, like to me, that that idea that well, maybe if we can teach these kids that it's purity and it's evil and it's wrong and yeah. don't do it, they'll stop. And it's like that's dumb because it's not stopping. <laughs> like, no, it absolutely isn't. It, it's been proven over and over that abstinence education is not an effective method for getting students to or getting teens to. Sorry, I'm a teacher. <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> students. <laughs> But Blum, this might be a good place for you to jump in. First of all, what was your experience growing up? Because you were not in the evangelical circles. We were not in the evangelical circles. Yeah. And I want to hear your perspective on things like, you know, purity culture and abstinence education from someone who did not grow up with that that culture. Yeah. Right. So uh, my experience growing up was this was not something we spent a lot of time discussing. Right. At home. I know your parents didn't want to talk about sex with you. And as now that I'm a parent, I I would rather have my head smashed in with a pan. <laughs> Do you want me to give the talk to her? I totally will. Uh, no, I think we'll handle it. But my parents left it to the sex education at school. So I went, ah. to, I went to public school. We had sex education. And your public schools, oh, no. because they were north of the Mason-Dixon oh, no. line, yes, actually we were, did sex education. We did sex right? education. Yes. Definitely in the sixth grade. Somewhere again in junior high, and then we had health class, which included sex education. And they do that here, but there is kind of, even in public schools, there's an abstinence push. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. The other place I learned a lot about this stuff, and Mm -hmm. this is, I don't know if this is, does anything for either of you guys. There used to be a radio show called Love Line with Dr. Drew. Oh, yeah, Dr. Drew. Yeah, absolutely. I I know it. I couldn't watch. I wasn't allowed to watch it. I'm sure. Oh, I learned a lot of sex things from that show. I learned a lot from that as Mm -hmm. well. But what I understood growing up mm-hmm. is that there are two parts to this. One, that these kind of things are very much tied into your biology. Yes. The idea that you would deprive yourself of any biological functions yes. is weird. Okay. Right? Because I wouldn't be like... E- function. I wouldn't be like, Ethan, you better not sneeze up in here, or that's a sin. <laughs> so wait, you're equating sex with sneezing. I'm going to I'm gonna dig into this later, but go yes, ahead. Yes, they're, both, bi- they're okay. both biological functions. It did, both th- there's some feelings that are similar there. Yeah. Go um, ahead. And two, that sex at any point 
carries sometimes very serious consequences. Mm, that's a good one. I want to talk about that too. Right. And so if you have sex, there are precautions you need to take. Yes. But that if you don't do it, you might end up with chlamydia. <laughs> if you don't take the precautions. Yeah, you yes, take precautions. yes, yes. And, yes. And that is true. You, if sure. You don't take true. precautions, you may end up with chlamydia. Yeah, like uh, Al Capone didn't take precautions. Right, or that was he got syphilis. He, said he had the syphilis. But for years, yeah. if you look throughout the course of human history, syphilis killed lots of people. A lot of people. They, they didn't know. They didn't yeah. Um, Crazy. And, and so, if these were seen as normal stages mm -hmm. of growing up, and the idea was that you should date, mm -hmm. because it is sort of part of the evolution yes. into being an adult. Yes, when I hear what you guys are saying, <laughs> I think like, whoa, that's very different from what, what, yeah. what I grew up with. Yes. And you're asking why you would pick sexuality to harp on. Yes. From my study of how organizations maintain power. Yes. Trying to manipulate people's reproductive habits. Oh, is a really effective way of taking hold of their lives. Yes. So, but this is just delaying reproduction mostly. Yeah. Until there's been a, an official ceremony of but, some but kind. But it is it is a manipulation. Yes. And no, that's, it absolutely that's the hard. Is. Yeah. See what what's unique with me is grew up Southern Baptist. Mm -hmm. I have all the pedigree of the conservative stuff, but went yeah. home to parents that had uh, good heads on their shoulders, right, and could go. Like I, I remember clearly. I am a Disney fanatic. Mm -hmm. If you've ever what? talked to me, you know that that no. has come out. And we had a previous episode. <laughs> yeah, of love of Disney. Two previous. Um, yeah, That's so right. um, <laughs> like I remember in the '90s when Disney had like gay days, and the church was like, "Oh, boycott Ban Disney. Disney. Right. Boycott the Disney. Southern Baptist yeah. was leading the way on that. And my dad was a Southern Baptist pastor. Yeah. Um, and my dad, they brought a, like, I don't know who this was. I don't know who did this, but guy shows up, has stickers, hats that he's given away that says boycott Disney, no. wants to set up a booth in the church. And my dad was like, no. Yeah. And they were like, why are you for this? And he was like, that's not the point. I'm no. going to Disney this year. Yeah. I don't let other people's lives manipulate me that much. That's that I right. can't do things. I can't go to Chick-fil-A or I can't go. I can't read Dr. Seuss. Well, whatever it is. But so I grew up with parents that had a clear enough hat on their shoulder to mm -hmm. go. Hey, that smells bad. Yeah. Don't listen to that. Yeah. My one, I will say this though about my parents. They did not want to talk to me about sex. No, mine either. And I I feel that. I get that. I've told my wife, I'll have the talk with all my kids because it doesn't bother me that much. I'm like, okay. whatever. That's fine. That's cool. Let's have the talk. Let's get it out there. Um, and then but but the the other side of that is that like I grew up where when when I I heard some messages, true love waits was a huge thing. Um, Joshua Harris, who's now uh, like recanted his whole thing. Yes, of I kissed dating goodbye. Um, I read I, that book. I didn't read it. It was there in the group. They were all listening to Audio Adrenaline and Jars of Clay, and I was oh like, gosh. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> um, and so, like, I just didn't fall into that until college yeah like i had skipped and missed all that kind of stuff yeah and i do want to i want to take it just a second and say i'm not totally against a quote-unquote purity culture i like the idea of saying hey we're going to be set apart and different in some ways and sure we're going we're gonna to try and live i mean the very basis of the law 
the Hebrew law, the books of like Leviticus and Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. all these books. Mm-hmm. The whole idea was to have people that were set apart. Set apart. And right. Like this is the truth of this. And I don't want it too gross, but like some of it was like the Hebrew people coming out of uh, Israel or coming out of Egypt and all this. They started to live a lot longer because mm-hmm. they did things like don't shake hands with the hand you wipe with. Right. Because they didn't have toilet paper. Yeah. They were just right. wiping with the hand. Right. Like, they just did a few things that meant they were cleaner and don't yeah. eat that kind of meat. Eat this. And sure. So what what I'm not totally against a world that says do no. things a certain way. Yeah. Um, but the manipulation came with. Yes. If, if you do that. One, you could burn in hell for it. Right. Yeah. Like, you're going to go to hell for doing that. And, like, in my head, it never clicked because in my head, it was always like, but you just, like, cussed out that dude with your heart. Like, you yeah. hate that guy and you gossip about right. that, that guy. And then you went and you ate, like, we had a pizza eating contest. Yeah. And you totally were a glutton there. And you didn't yeah. talk about that. And you're one of the most arrogant people I've ever met. Right. But these aren't hurting. These aren't right. sending you to hell. But exactly. this thing is. So that, yeah, and that's what I meant about like this sin somehow gets elevated above all other sins and it's not right. And I think I'm with you. I have no problem with parents, especially like, let's not even leave this up to church leaders or whatever. But but if a parent wants to talk to their kid about, hey, it's probably not a good idea for you to have sex when you're 16 because you don't have the emotional capacity to deal with this. And Michael, when you said there's consequences Uh for sex... There, there are physical consequences, maybe, right, if you're not careful. But sure. I think there are also psychological yeah. consequences. And the, and the other thing, and I should have said sort of beyond consequences, right. is that this is not only affecting you. Yes. Right? Your behavior in this realm may have long-term lasting impact yes. on the person you choose to undertake That's it That's exactly correct. And as a younger person, you may not be aware of the long-term impact exactly you're having on somebody else exactly the one of the things i've begun to be wary of is the hookup culture that's prevalent mm, in college campuses mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you're in college you're like well not, oh yeah you're like, oh yeah <laughs> unless you're in my college hey, right, right. right. Oh, like, no. oh no right <laughs> thou hast done wrong yes unless yeah. you're ethan's club there yeah yeah, yeah for most i think for most guys sure you're like, oh, wait, we can do that, and there's no commitment? The old, the old notch on the bedpost. <laughs> yeah, like, yes, this is amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, what I think the later sort of research has come to show is this is actually really terrible this for is, girls. Right, mm-hmm. and probably guys in a way, but yes, yeah, girls for sure. For yeah. sure, and mm-hmm. even if they were bought into it, yes. right, because it's sort of... If you're going to participate in, like, this kind of hookup game, yeah. it takes two people, right? It does. And you and most of them, I felt like, were aware of the rules going in. Sure. Right? Like, this is just Thursday night, and that's all this will ever be. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> at the same time, it was... Don't even tell me your name. Like, we're good. Right. Yeah. At the same time, <laughs> it dramas- drastically underestimated the long-term impact. Mm. Yes. The other thing that it deprives them of is the experience of being in a committed relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is practice for when you will really be settled in in a relationship. Yes. Like, I think it's important for people from 18 to 22 to try it. Try being in a relationship. Yes. Yes. With the caveat (laughs) that you'll probably be horrible at it. Yeah. And you'll probably experience some heartbreak. 
And I, yeah, I think this is what Josh Harris, who, you know, his book, I don't know if you're familiar with, okay, his book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye was basically about courting and like as a teenager asking a father permission, basically, it's kind of like that promise, pre-promise culture where it's like, I'm going to single out your daughter at the age, ripe old age of 17. (laughs) And then we're going to, we're going to court with your all parents permission and then this is like pre-engagement right and he he did this and he got married and he's now going through the process of a divorce and he's come back and said it's ridiculous for us to have thought that it was not okay to just date different people right right at a young like 18 to 22 right when you want to date just date it's fine to just date around just to give you a great example of that so i have a brother but i also have a sister i'm the youngest sisters in the middle Mm -hmm. um and there was a guy at our church that really liked my sister Mm -hmm. and it was known everybody knew it like he was not good (laughs) at hiding it yeah Um, and he had made several attempts to like take her out and he was not a bad guy he was a very sure. good guy um Just but it not was her like style the proper bring her a rose can oh, i take you to applebee's and it was like my sister was like mm, no. no i'm not i'm sorry <laughs> um and like you know it wasn't a bad thing he wasn't yeah. out for the wrong reason no um but after several attempts it just seemed to kind of go yeah. away yeah and then i kid you not and again shout out to my parents for being above that culture at times with things dude shows up to my parents house knocks on the door walks in asks to speak to my dad goes into a room with my dad and starts to ask if he can court my my sister this is after three failed attempts. oh after failed attempts and my dad straight up was like Dude, what did she have to say about this? not into you, That's right. So because funny. my dad really yeah. didn't know this was all going on. Right. He was like unaware, but he was like, what does she have to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, That's well, what my dad I said. really don't uh, know what she would have to say. And he was like, well, I think I'm going to talk to her about it. <laughs> and then like, like, no, 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 sir, the, not necessary. Right. <laughs> well, if you could just wait. Um, <laughs> but like, it ended up like my dad goes and talks to my yeah. sister and she's like, no, no, thank don't you, like daddy. the guy. Daddy. And he, my dad goes yeah. back and has to say, no, dude, she's dude, not into she you. She doesn't like, want to date you. And I can think of nothing. Yeah. Like, talk about psychological things. To have yeah. the dad come back and be like, dude. hey, it's over. It never <laughs> happened. Um, Poor like, guy, but was, like, seriously. That was the move, right? Yeah. If you if you can't get the date, then go the purity culture route. True love waits. Oh, promise ring. Do it all right. Huh. And ask the dad. Oh, and my it, Like, my dad just was not having it. And good no. for him. But like, yeah, that, that was a move in that time that was the courting and the idea of you you meet one person and you, that's who you're with and i'll, I'll give a, oh my an interesting example yeah um my brother he has been married for 20 years to the girl that he started dating when he was 17 it's the only girl he's ever dated it's the only girl he wanted to date right she was almost 15 when they started dating but she was 14 which sounds 14 sounds so much worse it's creepy but it, she he was 17 but they're she both high 15. school students yeah no, they're, they're both my brother school, and his wife so. were in middle school when but it they just fell sounds love, creepy yeah. if you're like mm-hmm. he was 17 she was 14 no it's that's um, not that bad but they they got married they did it all the right way right i'm like just they right. did everything they were supposed to do got married Three weeks into getting married, he got her pregnant, <laughs> which was Boom. like both Good. a joy and I. You guys know Rivers. Rivers, great. We do. She awesome. was great. She's um, great. But like, there, it was not quote a mistake. It was a like a surprise. But they've been very happy. It's been very good. But one thing that I would say that did not help my brother later in mm. life was to get broken up with. 
Because I, I, the only, I never, I was, you know, team player. I never broke up with a girl. I was too chicken to ever even try it. So wait, you're saying but, this is a disservice that yeah, your brother never got dumped. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, there's something like you were saying uh-huh. to go try it. And fail. Go give it a chance. Yeah. And look, let's let's say you're going to go try it and do keep up with the purity of it all. Like, uh-huh. Let's say you do that. That's fine. Uh-huh. Or you don't. Whatever you subscribe to. Sure. But like, there's something good about going out and breaking somebody's heart or getting your heart or broken when your you're young broken. to learn yeah. oh that's how you have an argument that's yes. how you disagree with somebody yeah or uh, oh you know what i don't like you right i thought i did and i just don't right and there have been moments in my brother's life that have now uh just things happen nothing big but like things happen and it's really shook him to his core mm-hmm. in moments and i've told my wife i'm like he never got he never had anybody break yeah, up. Yeah, it's almost and like it's you healthy. have to learn how to walk away from something. Mm-hmm. Not his marriage, but like that, no, 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 that'll yeah. come in other places, right? Yeah. And like, like I, you know what? Shout out to him for one girl met her, and like he I remember what this. he wanted. Two weeks in, he was like, "I'm going to marry her," and I was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> okay, and then he did. Like he was All like right, man of bro. his word. Yeah. Um, my other brother-in-law, my wife's sister, okay. her husband, they met when they were in like second grade. Second. They're the only people they've ever dated. And they're what I love about them, I really do love, is they're just best friends. Okay. They're just best pals. And they they don't care. They didn't do any of the purity culture, like right. follow through with any of that. I'm not saying they did anything wrong or weird or anything, but they that wasn't what the life they were in. Sure. But they just were like you want to be You're my, my girlfriend? Person. I'm and your then person. it was like, that's yeah. it. And they've been together ever since. And so, but yeah, I think of my brother, like not having that college experience mm-hmm. of being like, I met Michelle yeah, and I thought she was cool. And then a month later, I'm yeah. like, she is not cool. Right. And, and, and or that's what I, I think she's the best. You're... And her going like, Todd's a loser. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right. That's it. And, and I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Go right. ahead. I, don't want to, I want to be clear. I don't. I have also heard many stories like your brother's and more famously, Philip Rivers, the NFL quarterback. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Got more kids than me. He does have more kids than you, <laughs> but he married his junior high sweetheart. You know, and they already had Crazy. kids by the time he was ready for the NFL draft. They already had three or four kids. <laughs> and that's also good. Like. Sure, because, it's rare, but it's good, and we need to quantify how rare it is to right. meet your person when you're that young. Mm-hmm. But, but it happens. The, the path you take with this, to me, is fine. Like, sure, yeah, that is your path, and that's good. Yeah, uh, for most people, I think it's a little bit rockier than Philip Rivers or your brother Todd. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if you can get on that path and mm-hmm. your everything turns out good, then great. Yeah, um, what I don't like. And what makes me uncomfortable about this discussion, I shouldn't say I don't like it, but makes me uncomfortable, is that these folks who jump into the purity culture don't seem like they have the full sort of consideration of opinions, a range of options, right? So, like, if you would like to be part of this purity culture, like, that's cool. But I would like for these folks to be able to make an informed decision. And that means also a discussion of other alternative paths. It yes. doesn't seem like they're getting this. It no. seems like the sort of move is this is the way. And if not, yeah. not only are there ramifications now where everybody's going to look badly upon you, but actually there are more more severe ramifications, which is in the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. And which, like, which is a weird thing because there's nothing in the Bible that's like, hey, you, you dated that girl and you hooked up and now you go to hell. Like that's not really... Like, the Bible is not a book that says, 
if you sin, you're going to hell. What it kind of actually does is assumes you're a sinner. Yeah. And <laughs> it, I, it starts and I'll say, with like, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, we get it. We're all like that. We I, all make the bad choices. And so yes. to, to quantify, like you were saying earlier, to say this one's worse. Yes. This one carries more, right. more hell than the other, which yeah. is always a confusing <laughs> thing. It's like, right. are there levels or like. And I'll say that in the in the reformed evangelical circle, which is the one I'm a part of, it wasn't ever like you're going to hell. The group I was with. Yes. Heavy reformed yes. culture. So it wasn't, I, I wasn't ever hearing the message, right. your sex will send you to hell. It was really more, it was actually, they used those consequence, that consequence uh-huh. language more yeah, often. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. Right. You'll experience so many earthly consequences yeah, for this. And, I should say there wasn't a whole lot of you're going to hell, but right, it's almost the same right. as don't date. It right. was like, well, I mean, right. You can, yeah. But who and knows it, what's it was your you? when you said earlier that that I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. It was kind of like that. Right. It was like, yeah, God still loves you. He's just disappointed but in listen, you, kind of thing. Yeah. Listen to this quote you pulled out of the article. Yes. This to me, where I was like, whoa. Yes. Uh, so Diddy Bread, because she is also the producer extraordinaire, sent, yes. sent us some uh, highlights from one of the articles we were looking at. A former roommate of Robert Long's said he agonized over the possibility of falling out of God's grace. God's grace, mm. right. Like, so there could be this fear that, okay, maybe I won't go to hell, but karmically it, with God, bad things, like he may cause me to go through more struggles in this life right. because of this. But yeah. my I read this as like if I'm trying to put myself in this guy's shoes. Yes. Where I'm a very, very religious yes. and probably mentally ill person. Yes. This falling out of God's grace sounds like probably the worst thing that could happen yes. to you. If you perceived that because you were I don't know, attending a massage parlor or dating or right. looking at internet pornography, right. that God would no longer extend his grace to you. Uh, Could you think of anything worse? Yeah, because think of this. This this really not well person got so far into this that he didn't care about falling out of people's grace. Yeah. Right. He didn't care about, yeah. I'm going to be labeled a murderer. And he thought, I got to please this God and get rid of the temptation. Right. Which... It, just hurts to think about someone being that manipulated we talked about that mm. earlier in the church which yeah. kills me because this is i'm 37 this is every sunday of my life i mean i know a handful of sun i remember being on vacation we'd go to church yeah we'd find a church i didn't and, miss church and, until i until my parents and i parted ways when i my first year of college like is the first year i started so missing to, church to hear by the way, I'm an emotional guy. So if I get emotional, I, it's not a show. It's just I'm, I cry at every movie and yes. all that kind of stuff. Ethan's a crier. Yeah, I, I have no yes. qualms about that. This, but this like, is genuine. Um, you can cry. It's fine. When, when I space. think about someone being a part of the church or being a part of a ministry, that's mm-hmm. whole thing is to say, love God and love your neighbor. And then even love your enemy. And to hear that some idiot got up there and taught a message that was so counter to what mm. the the God that I have given a life to and will give the rest of my life to, to go, that is not at all what he's talking about. Yeah. Hurts me so bad. It mm-hmm. hurts me because I'm like, this kid, and there is no excuse for the actions, this kid was so messed up. Yeah. Because somebody wanted to preach a message that might get a few more butts in the seat. Because mm-hmm. that's what purity culture was about. Mm-hmm. True love waits 
was true love waits because it sold books mm-hmm. and wristbands. Mm-hmm. And the prayer Jabez, if you don't know what that is, mm-hmm. that's a whole nother counter. <laughs> whole other Christian. If Google you pray that, this prayer, listeners, if you pray this Jabez. prayer, you'll get some money. That was basically the gist of it. They wait, let's th- get that going right now. Yeah, it, it only worked for the author. Let's see. Just to be clear of that, it only worked for the guy no, who wrote I mean, the book. I mean, the mo- I send that to me so I can do it this evening. Sure. The bank accounts run a little bit low. <laughs> it, like th- those only happen oh it's like prosperity gospel oh yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah like okay. that only happened because lifeway could sell a few more books i know they're a sponsor of you guys i'm sorry i had to bring them out I'm just lifeway about, yeah lifeway's <laughs> big sponsor here are they making um, boat shoes <laughs> no they are not not sponsored um but purity like, boat shoes the, <laughs> the idea that a person could take a message probably with good intentions at first but to manipulate it to such a degree that either they got paid or they got more people to come or they got more fame or they got more popularity and not see the responsibility that they have with those people. The Bible is clear that pastors and elders, you carry an extra weight. You will be held accountable for how you led those people. That's very comforting to me, by the way, when I see abuse in the church, I'm just like, all right, one day you're going to get yours, dude. Like one day. Well, I like, I, I I am uh, I moved to Greenville to plant a church with my brother. I'm a pastor at that church or an elder, whatever you want to call it, and I carry that with me every day as a responsibility. Yeah. Even sitting in this room with you guys and the stuff we're talking about, everything I think I'm going. I want to be careful to not misrepresent God. Right. Not misrepresent my church, and in that order, I will misrepresent and throw my church under the bus in a heartbeat. If it's a counter to what the Bible yes. says, and that's a problem that we don't have, like we don't have pastors doing that. We right. have pastors going, well, if I say something that people don't like, Sunday people might not show up. And I don't right. I don't have the guts to just preach what this is actually saying, which when you get down to it is so not about what anything we've talked about. And I'm not going to no. preach the gospel tonight. But like when you get down to it, it's like we're having to deal with people shooting up massage parlors because you guys won't stay on topic that's and right you think there's no accountability to this you think there's no repercussions Man. but dude i'm my experience was i was two steps away from not not going into such a crazy life but i was two steps away from being that leader the next year is like yeah. don't date and i'm yeah. sure i had moments where i told kids like well because i ended up being a part of that group for a long time for about Two and a half years, not a long time. Right. But I'm, I was a leader to some degree in that group. I'm sure I delivered some jacked up messages. I'm sure <laughs> of it. Right. Um, and probably about purity and oh, leave her alone because I thought that made me something in the yeah. group. But it just, there's a, a story in the Bible, and I'm, I'm unfortunately not going to be able to quote the scripture right or know the reference, that talks about if you teach the wrong thing to people, to the younger ones, which isn't just like people younger than you, it's the people sitting under you. Mm -hmm, If you teach mm -hmm. this wrong message, it'd be better if you tied a millstone around your neck and just jumped in the ocean. Yeah. And that responsibility for pastors is no longer there. Right. They're like, well, what if I teach a message that gets me more clicks? Yeah. What if I'm on preachers and sneakers just as a goof, just as a <laughs> gag? And it's like, dude, that's what you think about more. Right. More than let's preach a message that talks about the love, acceptance, and understanding that God looks. You know, Paul says it great in, in Romans. There's no differentiation. There's not male, female. Yeah. There's not Greek and Hebrew. We can't even... We got nothing to compare in our culture today than someone back then going, there's not Greek and there's not Hebrew. Right. We can't equate that now because that was such a like, 
you're going to get murdered for saying that. Right. Hebrews are Hebrews. Or Gentiles are Gentiles. There's a big difference. I wonder if it's like Republican, Democrat, maybe. I, I would say it's way stronger than that. Really? It's, it, it was such a declaration to say, because Hebrews had built their entire history on being the people being of God separate. and separate. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when this dude, Paul, who's just killing Christians, comes in and says, there's no difference. Yeah. God doesn't see it that way. Right. That This is what irks me to yeah. go and go to college and being a part of a ministry where it's like, we read that and then seconds later, they're like, those little, those girls are just going to tempt you, man. Right. You've just got to, you know, they've got to fix it and you just got to look away and leave them alone because they're not, <laughs> they're not like you and me. Oh and my they're, gosh. and it can become a very bad thing. And unfortunately, it's continuing to happen constantly. It is. And I think it happens even into even into marriage. It's happening. You've got men who are married, maybe have been in stable marriages for years and they're struggling with, you know, porn addiction. And they think I can't talk to anybody about this because this is the worst thing. This is the worst thing I could possibly do. And if anyone knows about this, I'm I'm done. It might might as well be dead. I, um, I will say this. I think you have a whole nother podcast to do about how the purity culture did has had one thing, but the, the way the church has taken on porn in one way, they've done a good job to be like, we sure we, there is a lot going on with porn that is not good and not healthy. Absolutely. But the other side of the coin is you've made it seem like that if you fall into that, or if you, if you go home right. and watch that, that you are the devil himself right. and the grossest thing ever. Right. And you're telling that to like a 17-year-old right. boy that's like, I right. just got the internet. Like, I don't know what else to look right. for. Like, and, and it kind of goes back to what Michael was saying. Uh-huh. There is a biological element where people want to experiment and explore and kind of, you know, you realize at some point I'm a sexual being. Like, what does this mean? And for, even further back, the fundamental drive of a species is reproduction. Procreation. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that is yeah. what animals right. do. They hump. They do. And like, look, That's what they do. The Bible isn't against it. Right. After no, there's Adam a whole book Eve, about it. Yeah. Adam, Adam and Eve, man and man and wife are creator, or Adam and Eve yeah. are creative. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is like, go be fruitful and multiply. That's mm-hmm. right. By the way, I was doing a kids ministry once and we were doing a parents night out, a date night. <laughs> yeah. And we made these flyers for them and I, the church would not let me put that Bible reference <laughs> <on> it. <laughs> you should. But I was like, that's so good. But it's that's not, a good one. It's a good thing to tell those parents, go have more kids. Yeah. Like, Go at it. So. And I, I think what we're missing, even when we talk about things like porn, what we're missing is that, okay, let's even go back further and analyze why, why would these men even be struggling with addiction to porn? And we could now be talking about the way that you're brought up in the church to treat sex like it's a bad thing, right? They don't give kids categories for this. Right, sex sure. is bad for this many years of your life. And then when you get married, it's all of a sudden supposed to be a good thing, yeah, right? That, that was so definitely like, taught in right, this group was right. sex is bad. It's a bad, right, bad thing. Right. And by the way, here I am in college, a virgin, yes. hearing that and going like, yes. seems okay, but You're I like, get you. Okay. And then they're right. like, by the way, as soon as you go through the ceremony, it's the it's best perfect. thing it's so ever. Great. It's so but great. You're and so, like, right, you're traumatized from, mm-hmm. your, from your conversations about sex growing up and everything you've heard from the adults in your life that you're supposed to trust and then you're in a marriage and you have no context for talking about sex right talking to your spouse about like hey let's explore what this will look like for us these conversations are not happening and i have a feeling that a lot of the trauma 
that comes from being brought up in this culture kind of makes its way into your marriage. Even if you've stuck to purity culture and you've done every, you've checked all your boxes and now you're married and you're like, great, let's go, right? But now all the categories you have for sex are the conversations you've had in this culture, which have told you that this is a bad thing. How are you supposed to move forward with your with your spouse, like who may have also been brought up in this culture? We can't talk about it. We can't talk about like what happens if this doesn't work out the way we thought it was going to work out. Right. right? Like if this goes badly. Right. right? How do we even talk about this? Right. I I don't know. I, I think about. So like your wedding night yeah. is all for any person that has had a wedding night is a little nerve wracking. First of all, you've had a long day. Yeah. So like you're yeah. probably tired. I got married at 10 a.m. for this very reason. Oh, that's smart. We, oh. we took a nap in the middle of the day oh. and it was the evening was great. But anyway, go ahead. So thinking of two people brought up in that culture, the hitting the guy on the shoulder move there. Hey, <laughs> hey. but that hey. night right, it all turns good and great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the prize at the end. Right. The guy. Right. But now as a an adult and as a dad even, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine what those girls felt. Like that that wedding night, the pressure to be like, now it's all good. Because I feel like I'm scared to death. Yep. And I've been told this is bad, but yep. it's supposed to be good now. Because the guy's like, yay, we right. did it, we made it. But for the girl, it's been told that like, no, do not do that. Yeah. Until the man has given you permission oh to do that. And it's like... <laughs> Man, what yeah. a what a heavy, awful thing! And uh, I won't, I will not, uh, because I love my wife and would never embarrass her. I would say the first year of our marriage, it was not a lot of conversation. No, about sex. No, and now that we're older, it's way better because we know each other and we trust each yeah. other. And we we know what's going on. I think that I think the key to a healthy sexual relationship is communication. But and I think that's one of the biggest problems with this purity culture in the church is that we don't have the vocabulary or the context to have healthy conversations about sex. But we we yeah. do have it. Like even the Bible. No no the no. Song yeah. of Solomon Sorry. is right there, and we laugh right. at those books. But like no, it's in there. There, there yeah. is there is stuff in the Bible that celebrates this so sure. much. Yes, and talks about how much of a good thing it is. And I mean, if God created the world and then creates man and says, it's "Not good to be alone," so I'm going to give you this yes. woman and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and then turns around and is like, "Now go be fruitful and have more kids." Right, and then we're like. But it's bad. But, but it's really you're PS, causing. Don't yeah, ever. But don't do it. Until, <laughs> don't even think yeah. about it. <laughs> like it's just such right. a mixed message. And it, it is. makes. I will not say murdering people makes sense to me. But it does make sense to me how people come out of that culture and get so messed up. Well, here's what the the it, earlier in that article it basically said that evangelical culture teaches women to hate their bodies as a source of temptation. So you can see where that would lead to some mental distress. Uh And then men, it teaches men to hate their minds, which tempt them, right? Like Uh my mind is telling me that I need to go after this thing. And so you can see how for this guy and for many men, it's just this constant state of dissonance where it's like my body or my mind is telling me I want this thing, but my but the people I trust like, have told me I shouldn't right. want this thing. It's almost like my mind is telling me no. And my body is telling me yes. my body is telling me yes. Yes, thank you for um, that. Thank oh no. you. Did you just make an H. Kelly reference? Up <laughs> I, yeah. did, I did. Go that, ahead. That, you're absolutely right to go. Men hate their mind. Women yeah. hate their body. Yeah. And then it's like, and now after the ceremony, let's put those two together. Right, right, it's right, like, right. well, 
It's yeah. just going to be a lot of weird hatred right. until as things if the, smooth out. As if the marriage ceremony somehow magically gives you all the right context that yeah. you need for this for this very complicated uh, relationship. I think it's such an important word, complicated. Yeah. Because there's no, uh, I, I don't know the, the shooter's name. Frankly, I don't want to know or care to know. Oh, okay, like, I, I won't tell Robert, you then. Robert Long. Sure. Like, now we know. Uh, but like, it, it makes me think like, if there was something a little bit better, just a little bit better, People would not be dead right now. What do you if mean a little bit better? Like just a little bit better education to oh, tell him yes. how to live not so extreme. And unfortunately, and we're not going to get into this because it's a 12-hour conversation. <laughs> unfortunately, America, and in a lot of culture, I hate to always pick on America, but I live here, so I get to. Um, we're special but, over here. But like, we have become such a culture of this side or that. There's no objectivity to say no gray area. I'm a little bit of that, but also a little bit of this. Yes. And that's not the worst thing. Yeah. And so we have that, a hard time with that in the Christian church culture. There is also a heavy no sex of any kind in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And you go like, well, what about when Jesus says, if you look at a woman, you've already committed adultery. Yeah. I don't understand. Like he didn't make the line like the action of having sex but i'm like again i don't want to get into a belief of a, a certain level of purity is is good and a certain over extreme whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah i yeah. don't want my daughter to ever hear any of this because I, I just want to close her ears and act like she's two again sure but like i think about things where i let me be very clear about one thing i don't think the bible actually contradicts itself people can have different opinions i don't either this, but I don't think it does. I think we contradict it mm -hmm. because the way we don't understand it because mm -hmm. it doesn't fit our mold of our, our right. culture of our time. Mm -hmm. And this is forever throughout history. This has happened. Mm -hmm. People have misunderstood what it says. I mean, the Crusades was built around the thought that God wills it. That God is willing yes. us to do this. A lot of misdeeds have been yeah. committed and in so the name I, of the scriptures. Yes. I get it. But at the same time, I go, it's not that hard. And you're not falling away from the word of God. And you're not creating sin when you let a little gray area in. Yeah. That, that there, Nuance. Is, there is truth and there is lies. Yes. That there is a black and there is a white. Right. But we do live in a gray world with gray things. And it's okay to go, yes. last year I thought this. Yes. And then I read this, this, and this. And now I actually can yes. think about this. Exactly. And, and I think what we miss a lot of time is the Bible talks a lot about wisdom and how we are given the discernment as human beings to figure this stuff out. And it's not like the Bible has some sort of appendix where you can look up everything that we deal with in 2020. And yeah. there's the answer for it right there in the Bible. You know, we seem to think that it's actually that black and white and it's all in there. And it's like, not exactly. Yeah, I think. And, and that's, yeah. that's not because God's mean. No, it's because God enjoyed like tonight before I came here. Mm -hmm. I, this is, I think, going to work this metaphor and example. <laughs> My daughters went into the kitchen and got a cookbook that we just got. Oh, and they on their own, 10 and 8, made shortbread. There you go. Nobody asked them to do it. They just made it. And again, I hope they never hear it. It was a little dry. It's shortbread, so it's supposed <laughs> to be dry. It was a little dry. It sure. wasn't bad, but it was a little dry. You dip it in some coffee. And like a biscotti. Look, right. I didn't yeah. look, that's what I told my wife. I was like, if we can keep this till tomorrow and I can dip this in my coffee, there you it's go. gonna be all day. But but I didn't look at my two precious little girls and go, Hey, this is dry. This is not that and great. I am and I'm throwing the trash. Out. It is garbage and it goes in the garbage because it's dry shortbread. Yeah, you yeah. little dummies. Like yeah. what I did was swallowed the dry thing. Yeah 
took a sip of water and then held them and said, this is awesome. Thank I love it. Thank you guys. I love so it. Great. This yeah. is so cool. Mm-hmm. You did this on your own. Nobody told you to do it. Awesome. Now go clean up the kitchen because right. it's a mess. And yeah. that is what I think we forget that God does with us. Yeah. He doesn't go, you did what? First <laughs> yeah. of all, he knew. <laughs> he, he already knew that knew was happening. Did. He's not surprised. Yeah. But when we make the mess or we make an attempt to do the right thing, there is a level of, man, it's a, I love this. I right. love what you're doing. And I think all the time, you know, anyone who uh, is part of a church or helps to start a church, you kind of do get the feeling you're like, but we're doing it the right way. And yes, you think it's that, very culty yeah, like that. Like you just think so we're doing to fall other that. churches are bad, but we're doing. And I, yeah. there is a grace that came on. There was a realization that came on me years ago, and I truly think it was God talking to me because I'm mm-hmm. pretty uh, pessimistic in nature, mm. and I was complaining in my mind about all these churches. And I was like, God, you probably just have to go in there and fix everything every Sunday. <laughs> and I promise, I heard. Like I do with you, ah, like I do with your church and go. And that it was, was the Holy like Spirit a, intervention. Oh, wow, yeah, yes. I don't do things right, and that's okay. Fair so, point, like, God. But it was yeah. still, it wasn't a, it wasn't those guys right. in college that are like, you, you don't, you know, 35 phone calls, nine voicemails oh to be gosh. like, don't touch her, don't you do it. Yeah. It wasn't that, it was a gentle hand of kindness to go, Oh yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I, I can help that too. And like somehow the church has gotten, and it's 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 men and their desire to manipulate. And when I say men, I mean like mankind. Like it's yes. their desire to manipulate. It's, yes, human nature to, to take over. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially the people with power. And so this this oh, is why yeah. it tends to be coming from a lot of white men in the evangelical because these are who this is who has had power in America for the last you know however many hundreds of years. My historian head. Yes. Find many instances throughout longer history of the church as the one or two like of the most important vehicles for social control. Mm. Yes. Right and. Maintaining the patriarchy are yes. all done through through the church. Now that's, that's right. That's is not every church every time, but if you go back and look at it, you can see plenty of examples. No, of I, I think that's still happening today. I think there's still this sense in a lot of probably most churches, especially I would say Southern Baptist and a lot of Reformed churches, Protestant churches, where it's very man centric, uh-huh. right? Like we're the ones with the with the power and the truth and the leadership uh-huh. and y'all will just kind of listen to us and fall into our pattern for things, you know. Some of some of the best things I've ever seen in a pastor was them going up and saying they said something wrong. Yeah. And uh this ties it all in, I guess. Yeah, let's the, end it here. The uh the group that I was part of, Campus Outreach in Augusta, mm-hmm. Georgia, I'm really labeling them now. Their, We're calling you out. their main church that they were affiliated was First Pres in Augusta, Georgia. Okay. And at that time, the pastor of that church was a man named Ray Orland. Oh, I know him. And if you're a Presbyterian, I know of him. you yes. know of Ray Orland. Yes. And he is phenomenal. He's, I don't agree with some of his stuff, he's, but he's, sure. He's in Nashville now. And like, by the way, you could I could say anybody and we could all be like, but I don't agree with uh, Sure, 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 they sure, all sure. say things. But anybody, sure, sure. yeah. But like, he was a good pastor that cared about his people, cared to do the right thing, got things wrong. Yes. And at times, I heard him come to the group and come to this church and come to ministries and Mm -hmm. say, Mm -hmm. hey guys, last week I was preaching this and I said this, Mm -hmm. and it's actually inaccurate. And that is such a quality that's not there that we need in the church. We need in culture in general, but like 
that ability to go, I am the pastor of this church. Yeah. But I am a human I'm being fallible. that does things yeah. wrong. Right. And by the way, just to, to put this back, I'm a pastor of a church. And you guys could be like, there's a lot of stuff Ethan's done that's jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a jerk at times. But and you're still human, right? So, yeah. yeah. Like, But there, this lofty view of yourself, and I know how it happens because our church isn't big. We've got maybe 100 people. Mm-hmm. If we had 10,000, I probably would be a very different person mm. that doesn't think I do many things wrong mm. because I'm like, clearly God has blessed me with you, these people. Things but, change when you get a following. Like you, you start to kind of think in terms of what what can i do to keep these people yeah, yeah. here yeah and that's what i mean i about, wish that would happen with the podcast <laughs> i know hey <laughs> that's that's what i yeah. mean by that's that's what's <laughs> happened in the church is right we get to a point where we care more about but i don't want to say something where people would leave right so we stop telling the truth you've got your base beautiful you got to appeal to your base and you just yeah. appeal to your base that's which right. is how it's how the church became so involved with politics and everything right it became exactly that thing and exactly. i don't want to get into that but like it's such a it's such a hard thing for me when i hear about this guy who shoots up this massage bar and kills these people and then hear about he's in a church and hear about that kind of message yeah the first thing i saw was yeah I could, I could right. totally see that. It's happening. not shocking to people yeah. who have grown up in this type of culture. Yeah. So. All right, Ethan. Thank you so much, my friend. It's good to see you. Uh, after you ghosted me on like ninety-eight text messages, I was beginning to think <laughs> oh you actually gosh. didn't exist. But I'm happy to see you here. Um, and thank you so much for your insights and your your honesty and your feelings. It makes for a really great episode. Thanks. I man. think we should we should reconvene and talk. I mean, we didn't really hit like the the heavy misogyny within the church. And that was like our original topic. But there's so much more to say. And we really do value your perspective as a as a member of the church, but also just somebody who grew up with as a white male within the event. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's and that's cool who to you hear... want to hear talk no, about but, misogyny. But... <laughs> it's a white male. No, but I Obviously, think. Obviously, I'm first on the list. No. I think I think the good thing about hearing from white males for these kinds of topics is because it's just refreshing for people out there to know like, oh, it's not all white males, you know, who feel this way. There, there are some who see the problem and are willing to talk about yeah. it. And we appreciate your vulnerability. We just get pushed down. And we <laughs> no, um, I will say this. I'm happy to come back and do more. Yes. We have to do like an Epcot in between. Of course. We have to, or you know what? We haven't talked hot, about hot Disney. Hot in announced today. Yes. You you know what? You guys are going to get the hottest news right now. Okay. Oh, 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 right here, Uh-oh. right now. Here we go. Breaking news. Yeah. Breaking news. Today, Disneyland in California, because there's a difference. Disney World is around. Yes, we know. We know. Florida, mm-hmm. uh, California. So Disneyland announced plans to work with the city of Anaheim to open a third park. What? So Disneyland, California Adventure, and now a third park to be named. Okay. So. I was giddy when I That's heard exciting. it. That's exciting. That's a new trip for you. It was. For to you. Me. It yeah. Was to, yeah, it's, an, it's <laughs> yeah. another reason to go. I don't need many excuses, but I we find know you'll reason. be on the first flight out. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we expect good film <laughs> from your from oh, yeah. your time there at the new Disney park. All right. Well, it's late in the evening and we got to wrap it up. But we uh, we so appreciate our listeners. Thank you so much. All of our friends and fans. We want to interact with you on social media. So find us at splain underscore yourself on Twitter and Instagram. And you know what happens if you, you, you go on Twitter? What happens? You can speak to the muscle hamster directly. <laughs> That's right. I will talk back to you on Twitter. <laughs> He'll talk that smack to you on Twitter. No, I won't talk smack no, to you. I'll won't. speak to you very He's polite, actually very nice. Very yeah. politely on Twitter, even if you say some nonsense. 
It's probably really great that it's and you and you not tweet, me. If you tweet, you end up being here. That's yeah. what I learned. So we, yes. yeah. we will find you and ask you to, to come <laughs> and, and be might, a guest we, on the podcast. We might drag you in. That's right. So find us there. And we, we also have a group on Facebook for our super fans. We call them Splainers. Ooh. So find us on Facebook. Splainers is amazing and you love it. <laughs> Say you love it. Ooh. Say you love it. It kind of gives me like an ear infection every time I hear an that. ear infection. <laughs> yeah, like my ear starts to hurt. It feels like it's filled with fluid. Uh huh. Every time I hear that. Uh huh. Could that just be because you don't have proper hygiene? That's, I mean, that's always a possibility. <laughs> I just thought it was because the name was bad. Planers sounds like super planers, but you just have <laughs> right. super planers. And they're really plain. The oh super no, planers. Okay, I'm, I'll workshop it. I'll workshop <laughs> it. It's fine. It shouldn't cause me physical pain. All right. Splainers, I'll come up with a new no, name for you. No, no, keep doing it. Wow. <laughs> You're such a baby. Okay. All right. We're going to be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, keep spreading the love and always be ready to... Splain yourself. yourself. Whoop, whoop.